0: Immerse yourself in rich biblical history and Christian heritage with Vision Tours. Exploring Australia, the Holy Lands and other global destinations. Forge bonds of lasting friendship as you fellowship with like-minded believers and discover a new richness in your faith in Christ and a broader understanding of the world's Christian heritage. Enjoy the fellowship of a lifetime with Vision Tours. Explore upcoming tour packages at vision.org.au slash tours.
1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective. 2020 on Vision.
2: A conversation today which I think will be an enlightening conversation for a lot of people who tend not to think especially deeply about what happened on that Christmas morn when the Saviour of the world was born and laid in that manger in Bethlehem. Today we're talking about... The opposite idea of what if there was no first Christmas? Would things look the same today? And I think right from the outset we'll be able to say no, they would not look anything like we have today in our society here in Australia. Well, Christmas is almost here. Uh, That's Thursday night one. Two more sleeps. The excitement is building. Kids can hardly wait. They're looking for presents Adults craving Christmas dinner, there are some obvious things to be excited about, and even with the growing secularised society that we live in, it's still hard to miss the concept that Jesus is the reason for the season. In fact, the evidence for Jesus transforming the world is everywhere. History clearly shows Jesus lived at the time of the Roman Empire, born into a Jewish family, He taught, did miracles, was crucified, and according to the scriptures, rose from the dead. Then within 2,000 years, a handful of disciples grew from 120 people to 2.2 billion Christians on the face of the earth today. And that might even be a number that some might dispute. It might be a whole lot more. It begs the question... What would we miss if there were no saviour born and laid in the manger in Bethlehem? What would look different in this modern day? How much influence has this baby in the manger had on the history of the world? Would life today in modern Australia even look like it does today without the arrival of the Son of God, the saviour of the world?' Well, it's always a, pre- a pleasure to welcome back to the studio, Stu Miller, who's the founder of Train to Proclaim. Stu Miller, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Hey, Stu, uh, if there was no Christmas, there'd be no holiday coming oh, on, that's right. <laughs> on Monday and Tuesday. And I'm I'm saying this because uh, not to just state the obvious, but to state how we might in a shallow way think about Christmas.
1: That's right. I mean, there's a lot more important things that would be happening if there was no first Christmas, but one of them would be the holiday. And uh, that is something that's enjoyed by everyone, whether you believe in Jesus or not. Everyone gets to enjoy that. So Mm. I
2: wonder whether uh, atheists who reject Jesus uh, reject the idea of having a holiday Mm -hmm. at
1: Christmas. Oh, they should be going to work. (laughs) What are they doing having a holiday? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now, even uh,
2: some more of those things that are typical in the way we think about these things. um, Even our calendar Mm -hmm. uh, is based on Jesus. Such an impact. The birth of a baby in that stable in Bethlehem, had that uh, the whole world changed mm. according to even the way we look at time and calendars.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at uh, 100 years BC, it's before Christ, and uh, you know, 100 years AD, and I Domini, the Latin for in the year of our Lord. So everything's divided on her, the, the person of Jesus Christ. Now, that's a significant person that everyone's talking prior to Jesus and after Jesus as the time difference. I mean, you don't do that on my birth, do you, Neil? You don't have before Stuart and after Stuart, which is good because that, that could be like 10 years BS, you know, which wouldn't be very good at all, would it? Uh, so, but honestly, like, there's no one in history that we divide time itself on apart from Jesus. I mean, he's got to be an incredibly significant character. Uh, Stu, we wouldn't be opening
2: Christmas presents on Christmas Day. And, uh, you know, and perhaps there'll be some who might argue, but because the wise men, the Magi from the East, Mm. brought gifts to Jesus, and Mm. uh, by that time that they arrived, he was a little bit older than the baby in the manger. But uh, when we look at the nativity scene, Mm. uh, you know, you've got, oh, where are those guys coming from? That's That's the Magi, and they're bringing Mm. gold and frankincense and myrrh. Mm. So... We bring gifts on Christmas Day because of the ultimate gift.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was thinking. Jesus was given by God as the ultimate gift to us to come to earth to die for our sins, for the things that we've done wrong, to be punished in our place. I mean, that is the. There is no greater gift that we could receive than the gift of Jesus Christ. He uh, transforms our lives, He offers forgiveness, He offers eternal life. Uh, it's incredible there is nothing more important uh, as a gift than him so if you're
2: truly going to secularize christmas and avoid any connection to the baby mm-hmm. born in the main, born in the stable and laid in the manger you'd uh, you'd really have to stop gift giving and what, what excuse would you have to give gifts if there was no <laughs> gifts that were given on Christmas Day? I mean, this is this is so significant uh, and perhaps profoundly obvious mm. uh, to the Christian believer who recognizes Jesus. But uh, for those who are just giving gifts and spending an awful lot of money, and so a lot of people going into debt because they're giving gifts they are, on Christmas, they they might be asking... Why am I doing
1: this? Mm. Yeah, why would you do it? Um you've got to ask that question. I mean some would look back to Saint Nicholas and and how he uh you know gave gifts to the poor for those who know about Saint Nicholas and uh which is you know some of the origins of of Santa Claus today, but of course Saint Nicholas was a, a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing it because exactly. of his love for God and he wanted to bless the poor. Uh, which is what we 're all called to do to look after the poor and the widows and the and the uh, the vulnerable in our society as a as a Christian now, our beliefs isn 't just internal uh, we 're called you know faith without works is dead we 're called to to uh, put into practice what we believe and so it 's a very christian thing to do isn 't it to to give gifts it 's a Christian thing to do, mm. and
2: even the generosity that says uh, it 's not all about me That's right. actually comes from.
1: Christian jesus, principles yeah. exactly laying down his life for others exactly
2: if there was no first christmas uh, you would never have met jesus and so many of our listeners today will know mm. uh, well we have a personal relationship with a relational jesus mm. uh, we have relationship because there's relationship within the godhead and god invites people to be in relationship with him so Uh, Thoughts here, Stu, uh, on the fact that we have a relationship with Jesus because uh, no first Christmas, no such thing as relationship with God.
1: That's right. And uh, I guess it's a pretty empty thing, Christmas, without Jesus. (laughs) You take Christ out of Christmas and you've just got mass. But um, (laughs) really, uh, for those who don't understand what it's all about, the Christmas story is... uh, The fact that we are created by God, loved by God, went our own way, walked our own path and rejected God. And yet God didn't reject us. He still loved us so much, in fact, that he didn't want to judge us for the things that that we've done wrong. He sent his own son, Jesus, to earth. And that's what we celebrate Christmas, of course. But he didn't didn't just die to, he didn't just, wasn't just born and grow up and say, g'day, mate. You know, he didn't just come down to say hello. He was born to die. And He died on the cross and paid that punishment for everything that we've done wrong. That if we would to put our faith in Him, if we were to surrender our lives over to Him and turn away from the wrong things in our lives and trust Him completely as our Savior, He offers eternal life. Now that is an incredible message. That will last. The ramifications of this are eternal. There is no greater story on earth than the gospel story. And it all starts at the birth of Jesus Christ. I love
2: it when you talk about there is no greater story than this. Mm. And for some people who think, oh, that's just that, you know, Sunday school story. And, uh, you know, uh, there's Stu Miller carrying on again about the greatest story. Uh, But, Mm. well, today we're talking about what's the alternative? Well, the alternative is a purposeless existence because... The alternative that comes when we acknowledge that Jesus, the Son of God, uh, born with a redemption purpose Mm. in that stable in Bethlehem, Mm -hmm. actually gives us purpose because his will is being outworked. But without that purpose, uh, Mm. all you're left with, and I Mm. sometimes like to reflect on, you know, what evolutionists uh, think is the outcome of their own thoughts about, oh, God isn't creator, and therefore they're saying, well, Jesus isn't the Son of God. That's right. Uh, living a purposeless existence where if you do have a purpose, it really is survival, mm-hmm. survival of the fittest. That's, That's right. the outcome of mm-hmm. if you reject God. You so
1: know, you're just a, an accident over time. You're an insignificant lump of atoms that came together by chance. There's really not much difference between us and a slug, we're just a different chemical makeup. There's nothing intrinsically valuable about you, Neil, if if there isn't a God. But with Christianity, it's the complete opposite. We've got a loving creator who made this universe, who made you. He loves you. He's knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows how many hairs are on your head. You know, it's incredible uh, to know God because we have purpose we have destiny we we know our origin we know how to live you know all the base questions that we all ask ourselves where did i come from where am i going what why am i here how am i supposed to live christianity answers all those and it's not empty uh without christianity what have we got you know, it's interesting what you might
2: feel while we're having a conversation like this. Because even as we're having this conversation, mm. uh, I can experience something, and I'm—I wouldn't say I'm a terribly, you know, emotionally imbalanced person, but there is a shriveling effect. Mm. Uh, you know, you take all of the moisture out of something, and see mm. something shrivel up. All right, yeah. so there is a shriveling effect mm. if you even contemplate mm. the possibility that mm. Jesus might not have been born in that mm. stable, laid in that manger on Christmas Day. Mm. And the opposite is true when you recognize this is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, who brings redemption to the world. And this, Mm. you know, we might even reflect on sin uh, because that's the reason why. And restoration of Mm. this image that we can have Mm. when we believe on Jesus. So this shriveling effect, though, uh, Mm. we don't often perhaps give enough attention to that because Mm. without this gospel message, people are shriveling and dying.
1: Mm. Absolutely. I mean, what what do we have without... Uh, the possibility of, of redemption, the possibility of forgiveness, of relationship with our creator, of having purpose here on earth, of, of living our lives for, for more than just ourselves. Uh, without that, you know, we're just floating through the universe. <laughs> no purpose. It's just see how much fun you can have and then die. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit depressing. It's very a a shriveling. It's, it's I'm feeling shriveled. Look, <laughs> you can Just be Just thinking about it.
2: Just uh, Even the fact that we, I mean, here we are on Christian radio mm. and talking about the effect that you have if you take Jesus out of Christmas. That's right. And there's a big movement on mm. right now to try mm. and take the Jesus out of Christmas. Right. Uh, I mean, I've noticed that, you know, significantly on our national broadcaster, on the mm. ABC, there's a reluctance to even say the word Christmas Yes. because Christ is in that word. And, uh, right. you know, they're trying to replace that with happy holidays, happy holidays. and uh, yes. on the holiday season and mm. those sorts of things. So yes. there's a shriveling effect that comes when we're looking at mainstream
1: media that wants to deliver us from the idea of Jesus. It's it's an I- irony, I think, because people are wanting to be free. And there's a sense where if you if you agree with the Christmas story, if you believe in Jesus, if you acknowledge that there's a God, There's an accountability for our lives. We've got to live life God's way and not our own. And there's a sense where we all want to say, I want to live life how I want to live. And there's a sense where we want to push God away and be free but the fact is that the more we push God away, the less free we are. The f- reason we have a free society, and the reason that pe- atheists are able to de- debate, <laughs> is because of Christianity. Because otherwise, we wouldn't we wouldn't have the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of thought, all the freedoms that we have today. The, and, and the education to be able to, you know, study philosophy and things like this. Christianity brought uh, schools and universities and, and hospitals and all these things that we take for granted as our rights today. But without Christianity, without that first Christmas, Neil, what would we have any schools? Would we have universities? Would we have hospitals? Would we have these other things? Would we still be in tribalism uh, and just every man for himself fighting to, to get what they want? Well, Stu Miller is an evangelist and I would just
2: think right early in our conversation and uh, our conversation continues for the next 40, Mm -hmm. 45 minutes or so and Stu, uh, remind me of this if I neglect it, but as an evangelist Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you at the end of our conversation today Mm -hmm. uh, to pray a prayer Mm -hmm. that uh, those who might be listening to our conversation saying I'd never thought of any of this before This is obviously making sense Mm. that this is true, what you're saying. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer and lead our listeners today Mm. in a prayer that will connect them to relationship to the true and living God, Mm. Jesus, who was born on that very first Christmas
1: day. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
2: Wonderful to have you with us and just a couple of sleeps before Christmas morning we'll be celebrating that Jesus was born on that very first Christmas day laid in a manger and all of the wonderful things that you can read about in the early chapters of say the book of Luke in the Bible or in Matthew where you've got those stories of the first Christmas. I want to say our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might have a thought or two. Too, to add to our conversation. You might have a dimension you'd like to hear some thoughts on uh, with Stu and uh, myself as we talk through these issues. 1-800-316-316. You might even have a critique of our conversation too and say, hey, what you're talking about is completely false. Uh, you could say that. I mean, you can call in and you can uh, talk to us about what your thoughts might be. At one eight hundred 316 We'll take some calls in just a few moments. Stu the first Christmas changed the trajectory of the history of the world. Mm. Let me just bring you back to something I said in our introduction. Uh, the 120 waiting in the upper room, mm. uh, 50 days after Jesus' uh, uh, ascension, and then that ha- that number mm. grew, uh, literally spreading around the world yeah. and affecting every nation where everyone
1: arrived. That's right. And, uh, you know... <coughs> The fact that it grew so quickly uh, was it people people discovered the truth. They discovered that Jesus wasn't just a concept; he was he was real. He really had risen from the dead, and you could actually have a personal relationship with Jesus. And then there was the the seal of the Holy Spirit that people were filled with the Holy Spirit. They had an experience with God. They thought this isn't just you know some dusty old writings from from a thousand years ago. You know, uh, predicting this this is real. Uh, and it's you know it's an amazing thing. An encounter with
2: God. Mm. Uh, some people think that Christianity is just an intellectual exercise, mm-hmm. but you know after Jesus ascent, uh, after Jesus had risen from the dead, mm. he breathed on the disciples right. and they received the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so, when we talk about having an encounter with God, it mm. starts with this message, starts with yeah. Jesus is the reason for the season, and uh, and of course, how the Gospel grows out of that.
1: Mm, absolutely. So uh, while you know intellectually, we can discuss Christianity and it all makes sense because truth stands up to scrutiny, uh, and Christianity really does answer all the the base questions of life. It's the only logical, consistent, coherent, worldview that makes sense of the world. Uh, But at the same time, it's not just, like you say, it's not just intellect. It's not just a a matter of looking at these things. You can experience God for yourself.
2: So in the growth of the early church from that 120 Mm
1: -hmm. up to, as we
2: say, an estimated 2.2 billion Christians Mm -hmm. in the world today, Mm -hmm. uh, I want to just go through a couple of things quickly. Uh, Christians, when they did spread out around the world, they started Schools, universities, hospitals, orphanages, homes for the elderly, Mm. care for the poor, and for the homeless. Mm. That doesn't come by accidents. That comes because people had an
1: encounter that was life-changing. Absolutely. And without that life-changing encounter... Why would they do any of those things? I mean, prior to that, people were just living for themselves. I mean, if you were a person in power, you didn't want to educate people because that that was a threat to your power. If you were a man and you dominated over your wife, you didn't want to give woman's rights, you know, like you were in control, you were in in charge. and Traditionally, tribal, you know, leaders are all, always men and the women were dominated. But, you know, Christianity brought that equality because we're all made in the image of God. We're all loved by God. We're equal before God and no one should be dominating over the other. All these principles are the, the principles that people fought for to give us the rights that we have today.
2: We're taking calls. 1-800-316-316. James is in Kyabram in Victoria. James, welcome along.
0: Yes, thanks, Neil. Yes, you. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Thank you. Um, I uh, I really appreciate contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain, and I think in the gospel we find such contentment. You know, some people they're oil barons and they're never happy, and they they actually don't help their own land. Um, but God came in the midst; the Word become flesh. Jesus became flesh and and brought him as a baby. And we know that he sympathizes with our weaknesses. He grew up from a small child uh, becoming flesh and and dwelling amongst us and knowing what real life is. And it brings contentment even to the shepherds in the fields or the people in prison or to the uh, the orphan or widow or fatherless. He can bring such contentment. And Mm. it, it is great gain, and you can't get it in any other faith. There's Mm. nothing like it. I I spent a Christmas day with only an egg, and I had contentment because God was with me, Emmanuel, God with us. He came to bring goodwill and uh, peace and goodwill to men on earth, and uh, just so grateful for that, so grateful for that contentment that you can find nowhere else but in him. James, wonderful thoughts
2: because today so much... Is based on a materialism. Uh, our consumer world uh, mm. says you've got to have this new car or live in this big house, and right. uh, love to hear that when you say uh, you were happy with an egg because there were humble beginnings of Jesus uh, being mm. born in that main uh, in that stable and put in the manger. Uh,
1: your thoughts, Stu, for for James. Yeah, James, absolutely agree. And and it seems to be the opposite with Christianity to what we naturally think. You know, if we 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 naturally think I've got to get stuff uh, to be happy, whereas in Christianity says to be generous and to give to others, to give to the poor and to the, to the needy. And what satisfaction and contentment, like you say, we have when we give to others, it gives us great joy. Uh, you know, all the things that. We we tend to think we've got to, um, w- without God, you know, that that to, to be happy, we've got to have stuff. But we could, like you say, have one egg. <laughs> we could have, you know, be out on the street. But if we've got Jesus Christ, we have everything because we have fulfillment in him and contentment in him. And a lot of people don't understand that. They're, they're still striving to get stuff and you'll never be happy like you say, there's a lot of rich barons that that will be very, very lonely this Christmas, very, very unhappy because they haven't got a peace inside of them.
2: How can you be content, even though you don't have the big house and the flash new car, because you have the hope that mm. was born on Christmas day, That's right, contentment is possible because mm. uh, without the hope that comes from an eternal, uh, status mm. of the one who was born, the one who ascended into heaven has promised mm. he's coming soon. That's that right. hope that comes gives us an, a capacity to be content with what we have.
1: Absolutely. and as, as you travel around the world and you start seeing people in other less affluent countries and third world countries and you you, you stay in villages and you stay with people who basically have nothing you know and they're living in you know a house the size of your studio <laughs> here you know that we're in uh, it's and with a whole family it's unbelievable you think how do people live like this and yet the smiles on their face and then when they start worshiping jesus and you just see the the radiance and the peace that they have you think you know life is not about things it's about who you know and uh yeah
2: wonderful James, thank you so much for your call, 1-800-316-316. To join in our conversation today, let's take another call before news. Anne is in Labrador. Hi, Anne. Welcome along.
0: Um, Have a wonderful Christmas and blessed Christmas. And I'm interested in the program. It's been great. And um, praise God that he had already planned this long before when he created the heavens and the earth. And it was so great, you know, that um, God... Um, created this and made it so that he brought uh, Jesus down so that we Gentiles could enter into his relationship with us because if that didn't happen we would be still on the outer and we would not even have an understanding of who Jesus was. The Jews did have an understanding but we didn't have an understanding so I'm so blessed that um, God came down and and became a babe, but he also came amongst us and he knew um, what we were going through, even the suffering and the stuff that we might have to go through. And so it's wonderful to have that relationship with Jesus.
2: And wonderful thoughts. And there was a bigger plan that was afoot with the arrival of this babe in Bethlehem because, as you say, uh, salvation was for the uh, Israelites, for the Jewish people, but... With the arrival of Jesus, salvation was going to be offered to the whole world, to Mm -hmm. the Gentile nations. Anne, thank you so much for your call. We've got to go to news. And uh, Stu, one
1: quick word. I was just thinking it was always God's intention to, to, to be the God of the world, you know, not just the Jewish people. They, he was, they were blessed to be a blessing to the nations and to bring others into the knowledge of him. And it wasn't until Jesus came that that, that really exploded around the world.
2: Let's, uh, let's draw some attention to something else that's so substantial that changed the trajectory of the world. Jesus, that baby that was born, laid in the manger, actually changed the way people think about leading, about leadership. Mm. Uh, And leadership is one of the things that has changed organizations, Mm. uh, nations uh, through Mm. this past 2,000 years, leaders.
1: Well, Jesus said if you want to be a leader, you need to be a servant of all, Uh, which, of course, again, like we were saying earlier in the conversation, it's the opposite of what people would think. People think if you want to be a lady, you've got to dominate. You've got to be in control. You've got to be a, a alpha male, you know, or an alpha female, and and take control of the situation. But Jesus said, "Be a servant of all." And uh, you think of the, the leadership prior to Jesus, you know, you think of Caesar and, you know, he thought he was God. He, he raised himself up. He elevated himself. Most leaders have made statues of themselves and, and sometimes make people bow down to them. And all, it's like, worship me, worship me. I'm king. I'm in control. The complete opposite from what Jesus said. And, uh, and now we have ministers uh you know and the if you're the minister of finance or the minister of whatever you are as an mp what is a minister supposed to do minister to the people it's a the public servants why are they called public servants this whole concept is a christian
2: concept yes when we talk about a minister in the government Mm -hmm. That word minister means servant. Mm. So you might say, well, what does the baby in the stable in Bethlehem mean to today? And Mm. if you're a longtime listener to 2020, you'll know that when we bring a Christian commentary to the things that are happening today, it's because those leaders who are in power are not there to rule over us but they are there to serve us. Mm. And we might even take that an extra step deeper to see where there's a real divergence here because Mm. uh, they're there to serve God Mm. and to serve the people. Now, if they are neglecting to serve God first, they're not Mm. going to serve us. They're actually going to be looking to rule us. Mm. And, Stu, uh, to take this another step deeper, um, the Bible empowering ordinary people, -hmm. Who have changed the direction and the trajectory of whole empires Mm -hmm. throughout this past 2000 years? Mm -hmm. Any thoughts about. You know, were, I mean, of the Roman Empire, one comes comes to mind.
1: Oh, absolutely! Um, and uh, you look at all the empires. I mean, basically, they were led by ty- tyrants, weren't they? People who, uh, what they said, that's how it was. You know? <laughs> and to the democracy that we have today, and we just take it for granted. I think a lot of people take it for granted. And they just think it's our right to have these things that we have today: a uh, right to, to to free education, a uh, right uh, to be equal in society, a right to be uh, not not ruled over by a tyrant. You know, all these things that we consider our rights today, and we've basically we've got used to them. But they're all Christian concepts, and they it didn't used to be like this at all prior to Christianity.
2: And what changes with the believer who has this encounter that we're talking about, who believes in Jesus? Mm. Uh, Come back to the words of Jesus in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, You will receive power Power. when the Holy Spirit comes on you Mm. and you will be my witnesses Mm. in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so from the upper room, Mm. Uh, to the entire city of Jerusalem who heard about Jesus on that day of Pentecost within the 30 years of that time Christianity had spread from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and all the way to Rome the capital mm. of the Roman Empire and if we're just skipping through history as we have to in a mm. conversation that sure. doesn't take us hours Rome <laughs> yeah. eventually yeah. is Christianized mm. yeah
1: absolutely uh- <laughs>
2: Yeah. So the message of Jesus actually changes things and so when we talk about the message that comes from that babe mm. born in that stable in Bethlehem mm. he is the one who grew up to change the hearts and minds not only mm. of his disciples but of all of those mm. through to the ends of the earth mm. and all sorts of things have come out of that that have been, mm. have been reeking with the substance of God. Absolutely. You mentioned just yep. before the news, uh, men and women and mm. their equality. Mm. I mean, this is one of the the big things that we can it's be true. celebrating here in our Australian society.
1: Absolutely, and and Kate Shepherd, um, a New Zealand lady, was the first one in the in the suffrage movement to push through the the Bill in Parliament in New Zealand to to allow woman the vote. It was in eighteen ninety three, which is only what uh, twenty eight. 128 years ago, it's, it's actually not that long ago when you consider history, but that's the first time in history that, that women were allowed the vote. And we take it for granted now, of course, of course everyone is equal in society, but she, as a Christian lady, was fighting against the, the, the idea that women were second-class citizens and that they didn't deserve the vote or didn't have the brains for the vote and all these arguments that were brought to her at the time. And she said, no, we are all made in the image of God, God loves us all. We're all equal before God. No man shouldn't be ruling over woman or woman over man. And here she brought this and of course that transformed the whole world. It was the start of things that that spread right around the world and now we have the whole world or not not the whole world of course, but there's there's many nations that still only have men in power, but uh you know, the western world particularly is grounded in those principles brought by a Christian. Uh,
2: women's rights movements Mm. were birthed in Christian nations because women recognized that they were equal to men and that's come from a Christian foundation Mm. Mm. and to deepen that of course uh, the marriage relationship which Jesus Mm. referred to back Mm. to Genesis. That's right. He said uh, you know uh, know, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and will be united United. to his wife and the two will become one one flesh. Mm. That oneness is equality. So here we are in Australia, Stu, and yes. uh, we've got a dismantling of that definition of marriage. Yeah. Uh, that's a definition of marriage that was uh, important and set up because of Christmas Day. Mm. Uh, the babe in the manger, uh, just keep on saying that because it's so important to recognize the value of Christmas. Yes. But now we're moving away from that. It's dismantling, some, mm, dismantling the mm, godly mm, definitions, mm, uh, we're probably in for a very rough road around all sorts of things to do with how those things dismantle.
1: yeah, absolutely. we've We've come from uh, a place where you know Christianity wasn't there. And these rights weren't there. Women weren't considered equal. Uh, you know, racism, sexism, all these other things uh, weren't. You know, were prevalent in society. Uh, we've fought against that to bring equality and to bring you know social social justice issues to the surface as Christians. And we've got uh, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. We've got uh, equal rights for, for, for education and all these things that Christians have brought. But as society today. And it seems to be like the the Old Testament, Neil, where the children of Israel, they followed God and then they turned away from God and everything fell apart. And they repented and turned back to God and everything, you know, the land was blessed and their vats were overflowing and everything was good. And then when everything was good they turned away from God again it seems that we've got to this place where we're affluent everything's going well for us and now we're degenerating again we're turning away from God and we're starting there's a breakdown of the family there's a breakdown of um, uh, you know values in society and we think we're trying to remove prayer out of parliament there's a whole lot of moves to remove Christianity and like you were saying before happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas, you know, that removing Christ. And there's only, we can see the result of that, can't we, from history. When you remove Christ out of this, we're going to degenerate back to what it was. And who would have thought that Christmas
2: Day was so important? But mm. Christmas Day represents mm. the arrival of the Saviour of the world. Right. This had been prophesied throughout the history of the world throughout Mm. the Old Testament, that this is a time that would come. A Messiah was going Mm. to come. And so why is Christmas Day important? Because the Messiah arrived on Christmas Day. Mm. The one who changed the trajectory of all history arrived Mm. on Christmas Day. We talk about the incarnation, the Mm. arrival of God to be with us. Mm. Being born in human form, I wonder if you've got a thought or two here, Stu, because Mm. uh, we talked about Jesus being born into a poor family Mm. uh, and in a vulnerable family at a Mm. vulnerable time in the history of the world. Any thoughts here about uh, about Jesus being born as human? Yeah, it's incredible. God and human.
1: Yeah. So how do you you know Emmanuel? We sing in the in the Christmas carols means God with us. So it's God coming to earth in the form of Jesus as a baby. I mean, you, you, you just, it's remarkable. It's, it's mind-blowing when you think that the creator of the universe comes as a little tiny vulnerable baby to a poor family. He, he wasn't born into a mansion. He wasn't born into riches. He wasn't born into, uh, you, know, you know, in a heavenly place. It was on lowly earth here with human beings. And he grew up as a toddler, as a, as a child, and a teenager, he if you're listening to this and you go, well, God doesn't understand me. He, he, he doesn't know what it's like. He's God, like he's out there. No, God doesn't understand. He's been through every phase of life that you've been through, uh, unless you're older than 33. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But up to that point, hes he's gone and lived as a human being and gone through. He understands what it's like. He understands the emotions. He understands the feelings that you have. And that's why God understands you better than anyone
2: some people will be thinking, I'm fighting this. I don't want to believe any of this. I think that everything would be just normal like it is today if there was no Jesus Mm. on the first Christmas. But I think today Mm. there's got to be some doubts uh, shed in the mind of that person because literally everything changes Mm. because of Christmas Day. Without the first Christmas stew, there would be no Christianity. Mm. There would be no churches there would have been no missionaries Mm. for the past 2,000 years. Now, the message of Jesus that those missionaries of the past 2,000 years carried, and the reason why we have churches and we talk about faith today in our Australian society, is because the tribes and the nations that were reached with the gospel were delivered from their superstitions. Mm. Uh, Any thoughts here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, A lot of people... Classify Christianity as a superstition <laughs> yeah. and uh, put us in the in the basket of the, all the other religions, but, uh,
2: which is a big mistake. We might uh, yeah. add on that because uh, Christianity is the. Uh, yeah. Organization, you might say, is responsible for delivering the world of superstitions, Absolutely. and so
1: the secularist wants to group Christianity with the mm. superstitions. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of tribes around the world that that had horrific practices. Uh, that you know, it wasn't until Christianity came uh, that transform those superstitions. And I think superstitions are given by people in power who want to control others. They say, well if you do this, then that's gonna to happen to you and you know, and everyone's in fear because they think something bad's gonna happen if they if they you know but it's a it's a form of control, a form of power. And again it's tyranny. It's not a leader that's serving the people. It's a it's a people who a leader putting people in bondage. And uh, you know, there's some terrible things like um I think we were discussing before about Hinduism uh, in in India and how traditionally a woman was uh, you know burned uh, at the funeral of her mm. husband when he was burned she was burned with him and uh, that was a practice. Uh, that was carried out. Uh, back to equality
2: between mm. a man and a woman. Yes. Here's, here's a culture that had no equality between right. men and women. Uh, mm. She was burned on the funeral pyre so that mm. she could serve his needs in the afterlife. That's right. Okay, sorry. Yeah.
1: Again, Christianity <laughs> transformed that. Christianity said, that, first of all, that's murder. You don't you don't do that. And second of all, we are all equal. A woman, you know, isn't this there to serve the man in the in this life or the afterlife. She has value.
2: And Mm. this missionary movement that Mm. has swept the world ever since that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Mm. presence of Jesus Mm. dwelling in the lives of believers. Now, this has birthed courage Mm. and confidence Mm. to reshape the world. Mm. What happened on Christmas Day Mm. has reshaped the world.
1: Absolutely. And it can reshape our world today. I mean, if you're concerned about what's happening in Australia and around around the world, and there's a lot of a lot of things to be concerned about. A lot of people don't have hope. A lot of people have lost their jobs, their businesses. They they are desperate. Um, we were out sharing the gospel in South Bank um, uh, not long ago, and uh, there was a young man uh, that one of one of my uh, friends shared the gospel with, and he hadn't been out of the house. He had, he had lost hope. He had. Cut off contact, he'd basically been uh, inside and not having any contact with anyone else. With everything that was going on, he just thought, what hope is there in the world? And the first time that he went out, he ventured out, uh, he went down to South Bank, and my friend shared the gospel with him, and he, he surrendered his life over to Jesus. He thought, this is amazing, it was like it was a divine encounter. And so my question for you today is: If you do know Jesus, if you have met the One who've come to Earth to die for you, if you know Jesus, uh, spread that that message. Neil talked before about uh, you know how we, uh, the early disciples were witnessing for Jesus in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Well, we are at the ends of the earth here in Australia. <laughs> you can't get yep. almost apart from New Zealand. You can't get further away from Israel than what we are. We have an opportunity, particularly at Christmas time, when people are open to hearing about Jesus uh, and I, I know uh, the last couple of times that I've been out witnessing we've seen people give their lives to Christ and you don't always see that happen Neil but there's a real openness because people are lacking hope they, they don't know what's going on there's uncertainty in the world and Jesus offers that hope to them both here on this earth and forever and, heaven.
2: and, you know, understanding the ways that Jesus has reshaped the world mm. doesn't come with an automatic download in the moment someone believes. Mm. Uh, these sorts of understandings perhaps come with mm. years of beginning to appreciate what sure. God does in the life of the believer, how that affects our family, how that affects our community, how that affects our city, our town, our nation. Mm. Uh, these sorts of things are, I think, quite mm. substantial for reasons for our faith, yeah. uh, but it all starts with that Moment when we first believe, when we're introduced to Jesus, when we respond in a positive way to the message of the gospel. Mm. In a, just a few moments, Stu, I'm going to ask you to lead us in prayer. But mm. uh, some of the things that we've been talking about this hour, there's so many. It's just mm. uh, to recap, you'd have to listen to the whole thing. We've we've actually glossed over a whole lot of things in we a have. sort of in a sort of fairly, <laughs> you know, uh, let's mention it type of way because there's so much to say. So much. Uh, Jesus is. Truly, the ethical core of our Australian culture, Mm. as he is the ethical core of Western civilization. Mm. The opposite to that Mm. is savagery and barbarism, Mm. because there is no substance in the faith that comes from the baby that was born on the first Christmas day. Mm. Some of that comes because. When the missionaries have taken the gospel message to the world, uh, eventually, and there's been all sorts of uh, conflict and troubles and tribulations and trials, Mm. where God has come to a place of being above the rulers, and uh, often it's wonderful to talk about the rule of law, which Mm. has its foundation in the babe who was born on Christmas Mm. Day. Mm. because uh, the Ten Commandments coming from the Old Testament. common law. The way we communicate, the way we write. uh, In fact, here's here's an interesting little one. No time to go into any depth because we're running out of time. But Mm. when a a, a novel, Mm. a typical novel, any novel you might think of, uh, ends with a good outcome, Mm. it's because of hope that is delivered in literature, mm. which is shaped by a biblical foundation, mm. even Jesus, who was born on Christmas Day, mm. delivers to us hope mm. and the, mm. the the likelihood of the the good happy ending. So mm. when you when you think happy endings, yes. we have happy endings right. because yes. of Jesus on Christmas Day. Yep. Look, there's lots and things we could continue to talk about. Uh, there are those Stu, who would be listening and saying. I do want to respond Mm. when we say a prayer at the end of this conversation, because Mm. some people will never have heard that there is substance to Christian faith the Mm. way we've talked about today.
1: Mm.
2: You're going to lead us in a prayer. Sure. Uh, The elements of that prayer for someone who says, I'm not going to just be led by somebody. I don't know what we're going to say. Sure. Uh, What are the things we're going to include in a prayer?
1: Well, we're going to include that uh, an acknowledgement that we have broken God's laws, and I think that's the start. Because without acknowledging that we've we've gone our own way and we've walked our own path and gone away from the one that created us and made us, uh, there's there's no there's no uh, hope of recovery. We need to, that's a, that's we've got to humble ourselves first and acknowledge who God is. Uh, acknowledge that we 've broken his laws, acknowledge that he sent Jesus to earth uh, for us to die on the cross to be punished in our place because we cannot pay the punishment ourselves uh, well, you know'll well, we'll, we'll have to pay the punishment ourselves I guess if we if we don't receive Jesus Christ, but the offer the gift at this time of the year, the best gift at Christmas time is Jesus offering to forgive us for everything because he was punished in our place, so we're going to thank God. Uh, Jesus for dying on the cross for us we're also going to ask and invite him into our life now you might say but, but he's dead he's on, he died on a cross well he rose the th- three days later He's not just a human being who dies and is in the grave. He rose from the dead. He's alive. He's right here. He's in the room with you and I, and he's wherever you're listening from, Jesus is listening. And you can pray to him. You can talk to him. Uh, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And he can come inside of you, and he can change your life. He, cannot, he can give you forgiveness and eternal life. And so we're going to pray for that. But there's a commitment on your part to say, you know what? I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done, and from now on, I want to live my life your way. You've been around a lot longer than I have, Jesus. (laughs) You know what's best for my life, and I'm going to follow you. Well, every one of those things we've talked about this past hour
2: has started with someone who had an encounter Mm. and first believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, in whatever denominational sense, whatever Mm. cultural sense, that thing is in common. This yeah. is the start of what happens uh, when the world changes. That's right. Stu, uh, there are those who are going to pray along with your mm-hmm. prayer, and I, I wonder whether you'll lead us, and, sure. uh, and we'll ask for uh, you know, for lives to be touched, changed, and transformed from this moment forward. Lead us mm. in prayer.
1: Yeah, if you want to join us in praying, please pray with me. Dear Jesus, we thank you that you died on the cross Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for paying the punishment that that I deserve in my place. Thank you, Lord, for uh, not only creating me and giving me life, but making it possible to be in relationship with you. I'm sorry for the wrong things that I've done in my life. I'm sorry for breaking your laws. I, I turn away from those things. I ask with your help, you'd help me to change and to live my life your way. From now on, I commit my life to you. I pray you would come inside of me right now. You would transform me, that my life would never be the same again. And Lord, you'd do a divine work in me from this day on. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, lead me Every day from now on, help me as I read your Bible and as I pray to grow in my relationship with you and to learn more about you. And I pray that you would help me. If uh, if I'm already not connected with a church, I pray you would help me to be connected uh, with a church that I may grow in my faith in you. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Um, and uh, Stu,
2: special honour to you. I know you are an evangelism trainer. And uh, your organization, Train to Proclaim, you have wonderful free resources available for uh, listeners to be able to download today. Mm -hmm. And uh, some people are saying, well, who do I trust in all of this? Well, there's good, trustworthy evangelism resources that you can access at Mm. train2proclaim.com. Also, the G7 app, which we'll often talk about, and people can use that. It's an Mm. app on their phone.
1: Easily lead people. For Christmas time, yeah.
2: Wonderful for Christmas time. Mm. People are open to the gospel at mm. Christmas time. If you're wondering, uh, wow, how can I get a hold of this conversation? It'll be on a podcast later today. Yep. And uh, but my encouragement is, mm. make the most of this Christmas because this Christmas is a little bit different to earlier Christmases. People have had such a hard year. COVID has had a major impact in so many individuals and families and businesses. Mm. Uh, take the opportunity to share the Christ of Christmas this Christmas Day. Mm. Stu, the happiest and holiest of Christmases to you and your wife and your family. It's just been wonderful through the year, getting some regular updates, and look forward to doing this again in the new year.
1: Thank you, Neil, and the same to you and your family.